talking to big boy Bob's big boy toys and games, dude. How can I help you? Yo, what's up, dude? I'm looking for some hot games. You got any of those? Bro, hot games? Look behind me, dude. We got games for days. What you looking oh, for? Dude, that collection is unreal, bro. Totes radical, dude. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. You know that game Devil May Cry? Yeah. Ugh, I love action and gratuitous style. But I have to be honest with you, bro. I'm getting bored of how Dante never exudes the pure, unfiltered testosterone coursing through my gamer veins, bro. You know what I'm saying? Bro. I completely understand what you're saying, bro. I think I got the thing just for you. Check this out. Whoa, Yakuza Zero? What is this? Dude, bro, you said you like action and gratuitous style? Check yeah. this, dude. You can beat a man to near death, dude, by slamming an entire motorcycle into him, bro. Whoa. Yeah, dude, do you like babes? Oh, dude, you know I love the babaroonies. Bro, you can gamble the big bucks watching beautiful babes wrestle in this game, dude. It's sick. Oh, dude, babes wrestling? Yeah. You just named the top thing on my top five things that I like the most, bro. Dude, sick. And also, you can teach a lonely virgin self-confidence alongside an RC car minigame, dude. Dude, virgins and RC cars? Now you're speaking my gamer language, bro. Dude, so yeah. what do you think, dude? Interested? Uh, am I interested, dude? I love it. I'll take two copies so I can give one to my bro. Dude, that's sick. That's gonna be $119.99, dude. All right, bro, sick. Excellent. So I think you said before that whenever we start this, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, Kazuma Kiryu has never killed a man. That's exactly right. Uh, it'll take a little bit. It won't be like immediate, but just in this <laughs> short play session, you are going to look at me and you are going to dead ass say to me. <laughs> Yeah, Kazuma Kiryu has never killed a man. We'll talk, we'll <laughs> well, talk about that after, though. There's some context all right, there. All right. but yeah, 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 right. I'm sure we'll get to that point at some point. Uh, well, welcome back to King of the Shill. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Scott. And if this is your first time joining us, or uh, if you've somehow forgotten, this is King of the Shill, a conversational podcast where Scott and I are going to try to shill each other on things we like. And that thing this week, today is Yakuza 0, isn't that right? It's Yakuza 0, and it's so much more than that, because okay. if you listened to our last episode, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit. I'm starting an arc for you, Chris. This is the training arc for Chris. I'm going to get Chris <laughs> into anime, and I know yeah. I'm going to do it, because I know that Chris already likes anime. He just doesn't know it. 
right? So that's a that's a big claim. Yeah, Yakuza Zero is the gateway drug, so to speak. This is the marijuana of the reefer madness that is this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, here's the thing, right? Like, and I, I know we we sort of sort of went over this already uh, before this episode, but it's not that I it's not that I don't like anime right yeah. it's that like my anime exposure is limited to like dragon ball z and some tangential gundam well, right yeah, because it, i'm a kid but, of the 90s because the other thing about this like when i say get into anime right because chris and i have talked about this off screen uh we have we have people in our lives that pretend to be normies even though they're not and right. i have had things said to me by certain people along the lines of like, oh, I just don't like that anime shit. Right. And this is said <laughs> yeah. by people that are playing like Final Fantasy seven or oh, right. they're playing. Um, what was the name of that samurai game that just came out for Ghost of Tsushima? Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Things like yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. And it's like, that no. That game is anime as yeah, fuck. <laughs> no, bro. You like that anime shit. You just, yeah. you just don't understand. That's kind of what's going on here. Because ultimately, there's a lot of stuff I would like to get you into in that kind of space. And right. I know it's just getting you that first step of like, OK, like, look, you already do like this stuff. It's just you have to watch the animated television show version of it. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. So. So. So Yak is a zero. Now. The why are we starting with Yak is a zero? Uh, well, we had talked about this, too. I really wanted you to play some of the Yakuza games because I think they're good. Where this came from was. I just finished Yakuza 7 at the end of last year in the beginning of this one, and I really liked it. It's an it's not the seventh Yakuza game. It's like the 10th, but it's a kind of a new direction for them. It's a brand new protagonist that's never been in the series before. They've transitioned away from a kind of uh, action driven fighting style to a Dragon Quest inspired, really JRPG. And I mm -hmm. thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. And I knew I wanted to talk to you about Yakuza, but slowly over time, it kind of bonded in my brain to this would be a good way to get Chris into some of the other stuff that I do want to talk to him about, because this shit's pretty anime. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, right. So right. we're starting with Yakuza Zero for really for two reasons. We're starting with it because I think it's an interesting conversation to have with regards to. I mean, Yakuza Zero is a PS3 game, basically, right? Uh, talking about the game and how it plays and all this kind of stuff. But more importantly, I think it had the most compelling moment that could be summed up very quickly to kind of show you this is anime. This is what yeah. I want you to see. So it's not it's not like a character arc. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. But there's there's this very compact interaction between you and this one character that I know will get you popped in like the shortest amount of time. So uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Well yeah I you know, I obviously know of Yakuza's existence, right? Yes. And like, I even, I can't remember which one it was, but I like tried, I, I, I tried playing like the first 30 minutes of one at some point, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it, for whatever reason, like, I just, I just put it down. Like, I, it wasn't that I didn't, it wasn't that I was just like, oh, I'm not into this. It was just that like, it's one of those moments that we talk about all the time where tyranny of choice really takes hold yeah. over you and you're mm -hmm. just like, you start 
playing all of the things that you see that look remotely interesting. And then within 10 minutes of playing them, you're like, no, this isn't really doing yeah. it for me next. And so it was something kind of like that. But, uh, you know, it's not that I've never been interested in trying the Yakuza games. It's just that other stuff has kind of been around for me at all times that has hit more of my direct interests and my more obvious like sells for me, like those, those more obvious gimmicks that I, that I tend to ascribe myself to were, you know, around and, and at the same time as Yakuza yeah. games were coming out and I just never really grabbed a hold of them. But so I am definitely looking forward to this because I know that this, that this game takes place in the eighties Yes, and 1980s, like Tokyo and 1980s Japan and like stuff like that, like, like Ichi the Killer is one of my favorite movies of all time, oh, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Because because the aesthetic just does it for me. You know what I mean? Oh, like I just I e love it. So yeah, uh, Ichi the Killer anime. So y yeah, right, uh, exactly. So we're, so, like, we're this already is coming in here, but yeah, uh, yeah. 1980s Japan, the bubble economy, all that kind of stuff. It's a it's a very slick setting. It's very cool. So so tell me about this game. Yeah, well, before we get into it here, before before I talk to you about the game though, what do you know about? the yakuza not that either ah. of us are experts but what do you know about them okay so in an effort to be as genuine as i possibly can on record here and not try to sell myself as something that i'm not my knowledge of yakuza and the yakuza in general uh rather comes down to uh tattoos yes and and um like the gang lifestyle in japan that's really it I mean, that's I mean, as much as the average person knows, and I can't pretend that I know much more, but really what you need to know about them, they are the Japanese mafia, basically. Right. Yeah. They're rigidly hierarchical organizations like they they have clan structures. They're almost feudalistic in a way. Right. So and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut in like so yeah. early, but is this something that's like. Um, how much of that kind of stuff is borrowed from the samurai stuff? Because uh, since I played well, Ghost of Tsushima last year, I am a bona fide expert on the samurai history, as you yeah, know. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. But so this is sounding a little familiar. Yeah, so a lot of the Yakuza families, the uh, Gokudo, I think a lot of them come from that feudal area, area, the feudal era of Japan and these kind of thieve clans that yeah. bonded together and formed these basically organizations to strong arm people right i think it, sure, i think it right. comes out of that era and it, and it persists right. to this day so you're sure. not that far off okay cool. but they yeah they have these rigid clan structures everybody knows the tattoos right the tattoos are basically the symbol of a made man it's i mean just like in many cultures and gang cultures tattoos are a symbol of accomplishments they're prestige right but right um really in the modern day yakuza are dwindling out and oh, okay. this is going to be relevant in some of the games they're way down from where they used to be japan has been like really targeting them with their laws and like aggressively going after them there are still yakuza out there right mm -hmm. um there's one gigantic family i can't remember their name right now that's like everybody knows them right and they have like twenty thousand or something members but yeah the games take this very ro romantic i want to call it view of the yakuza um 
Okay. How do I put this? Right. Like you and me, when we think about the mafia, we probably think about the Godfather, right? We don't think about. Yes. Or Goodfellas. Or Goodfellas or the Sopranos or whatever. Right. And shit like that. Right. The mafia is very rarely made up of like, like the Italian mafia I'm speaking about here. They're they're not compelling characters probably in real life they're probably not good people on the wrong side of the law they're probably (laughs) hardened criminals right yeah sure right Mm -hmm. yakuza is kind of that for the yakuza it's oh it's about freedom it's about living your life according to the gokudo the extreme way it's about honor giri right and obligation it doesn't touch as much. It does, but it doesn't touch as much on the bad side, right? Like sure. Kiryu, who is most often our protagonist, right, is probably the worst Yakuza ever because he's just like a heart of gold <laughs> boy. You know what I okay. mean? Yeah. And so he's 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 not like your your uh, your Tony Soprano. Yeah, or, he's not. You know. He's not going to be shaking down civilians on the street, basically. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, right. Okay. But. I mean, it's just one of those things. I figured we should start off by saying that. Look, this is a. It's cool, so I completely yeah. understand why they do it, but like, it's a sure. very romanticized look at what the Yakuza really are. Right. Yeah, sure. And this is one of their golden eras in a sense, right? This bubble economy period that Yakuza Zero is set in. OK, like money is coming into the country hand over fist and the Yakuza want all of it obviously so naturally as you do when you are a criminal organization yes so (laughs) let's talk a little then about yakuza zero so chris tell me what do you look for in your action games let me let me ask you this kind of targeted question i mean are we talking about from like an aesthetic motif are we talking about from like you know interaction and gameplay give me interaction and gameplay but i want to hear your aesthetic and motif too all right well i mean Character action games are like one of my favorite types of games in general. This is a point that is going to be belayed very, very often on this on this podcast and very many different avenues and channels. But um, Devil May Cry is the gold standard for action games for me. Um, Devil May Cry 5, I think, would probably rank my favorite of all time strictly because I think the, like, you know, the the interaction is so good. So like. I really like that that form of like, you know, sort of free flowing um, movement within like a pseudo open world setting, not necessarily like, you know, go anywhere, do anything, but something that's tight and focused, but still gives you things to explore and places to go and movement to fight. But also from an aesthetic and motif perspective, I like I, I really love loud and gratuitous style, right? Like you know, we, we love fighting games. This is no secret. 99% of the reason that I love fighting games as much as I do is because they just ooze style. And there's, there, there's so much to sink your teeth into from a visual audio perspective that just, it's all there for you. So when it comes to action games specifically, those are the two things that I look for the most, that sort of like tight focused world, um, uh, from a gameplay perspective and then also that gratuitous, like over the top, like dripping style. Yeah. OK, that's I couldn't have asked for a better answer there. Because <laughs> what I was leading up for here, I, I got to start off with 
the bad before I start talking about the good and why you're going to love this game. So before okay. I talk about Kiryu and Majima, before I talk about the story and the gratuitous style and yes. the amazing voice acting and all this kind of stuff. I think I hate the combat in Yakuza <laughs> and I think you are really? going to too. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you like free flowing combat and, uh, yeah, like again, freedom of movement, like devil may cry yeah, five gold standard. You're going to hate this game in all likelihood <laughs> um, <laughs> from that perspective, from that mean. perspective. Yeah. So really quickly, cause I'm not going to touch upon it again. Cause I want you to experience it in the game. Because then I'm going to start talking about why you're going to love it. But the combat in this game is very stiff. Uh, okay. It's based on the Dragon Engine. It's really centered around two buttons. Uh, technically three. But uh, okay. the light attacks. Light attacks string together into this kind of rush combo. So you hit like light, 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 light. Kyria throws like five punches, right? Yeah, okay. If at sure. any point in that combo, if you hit the heavy attack button, he'll do some type of combo, basically ender right okay so yeah. three on one style for kiryu the beast style my favorite he does a shoulder charge and it like knocks people over but if you do it with two he runs forward and does a clothesline all right okay i see so yep. there's that button there's also throws blocking all that kind of stuff and there's the heat action which i'm going to save because this is one of the things you're going to love right all right sweet so, all right cool it's, this, is it like the devil trigger of this? No, game? It, is, oh, okay. it is better than devil trigger. We'll oh, talk about that. Oh, so I, I wholeheartedly on. believe that this is this is going to be a, a sticking point for me because like devil trigger is like an internal meme for myself. Right. Because yeah. like when I when I and I you've heard me probably say this a couple times just like passively, but like. I always call things the devil trigger moment because it's one yeah. of the things in my in like in my lifetime that i remember the first time i ever hit a devil trigger and devil may cry i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> you know what i mean so this is not a stance change like devil uh devil trigger sure but this right. is this is core to the yakuza experience and i think you're you'll you'll at least see my point maybe if you don't agree with me on why yeah yeah i, I, no, think no, no, I got but you yeah anyway the the combat's pretty stiff the whole point of this is you don't have a lot of freedom of movement. The enemies will gang up on you sometimes and prevent you from doing cool stuff. And you don't have a lot of great ways to answer that. Um, the lock on systems really rough bosses will kind of just weave themselves out of your combos mm, or they'll have way yes, too much blocking I abilities. <laughs> so I just want to preface for you that it's fair. That's probably going to be a little miserable in my recent well, playthrough. I found myself constantly saying, God damn it. <laughs> just like <laughs> I was more negative than I was positive. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know. My knowledge of Yaksa just from talking to you and from knowing what I know about it from a third party perspective. Um, I know that I'm not going to be walking into an experience that is specifically about the combat in the way that that one yes. cry is. But now and let me that's tell all right that, I, that that's obvious. So. Yeah. Let me tell you, though, why that doesn't fucking matter. At all. <laughs> OK. Yeah. All right. Sweet. This is what okay. I'm here for. Right. So Yakuza Zero story is not perfect. There's a lot of weird payoff that does not come. But there are moments in this game, dude. Yakuza is all about. It's basically two extremes. It's the extreme 
of the like I keep calling it anime, but it's the extreme of the emotional dude bro tears moment of like you're you're so there with Kiryu and Majima and you're in the moment and you feel for these characters and you're pumped up because they're about to throw down in this honorable fist on fist, whatever moment. Right. It's that extreme and it's the extreme of silliness. So <laughs> you you fight this guy in this like tearjerker fight and it's two dudes throwing down and it's sweating fists and it's all oh, my rage on everything that's happened. I'm taking it out on you. And yeah, then you go to the right. disco and Majima does break dancing moves on the disco floor <laughs> while you're listening to Koi no Disco Queen. Right. Well, it's yeah, it's this uh-huh. extreme or it's meeting Mr. Lust in Sotenbori, <laughs> who is a guy that is so addicted to getting the poontang. The first time you meet him, you're staking out a hostess bar. He's uh-huh. in nothing but his underwear and he's just pelvic <laughs> thrusting in the staircase. So uh, Yakuza is usually everything I hate about video games where sometimes the substance is not this there. This is quite the shill. Yes. Hang on. It's going to come around. All right. Yeah. The, the, the substance of the thing is not there and it's more about the spectacle. But the spectacle in Yakuza is so great and it gives you just enough leeway to feel like you're the cause of the spectacle right to to suspend at least for me to suspend your disbelief to get immersed that it works right right Right. so yakuza is expertly directed with all of its cutscenes and its voice acting there's all these funny, silly little moments. There's tons of side content to do. Everything's beautifully architected. They have a great uh, sense of how to do what an open world is, where the maps themselves, the districts of Kamurocho and Sotenbori, which are based on real life places, you don't get much to work with, right? It's like it's dozens of city blocks in some cases, right? Right. Mm. But Every little bit of it is crafted in really good detail, especially for a PS3 game. You go in a store and they have pictures of all the products and you can see everything, right? Especially in Yakuza 7, it gets even better. You go to the karaoke bar and they have uh, songs they wrote for the game, but like the bar is lovingly crafted and in the in the middle of the uh, chorus of every song, it cuts to this like almost dreamlike state where they're uh. like wearing <laughs> appropriate outfits and like singing with a band and stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just this kind of thing of every little piece has so much character to it. Right. Sure. I can remember in vivid detail, every part of Kamurocho. Right. We've, we've talked about this before offline, but there is, we both have, we both have a, a, a really, um, established like appreciation in terms of like what we look for in games and these, the concept of an open world of like your world can be as big as it wants to be, but it needs to have like personality to it. It needs to have like a direction to it. It's less fun for me to be able to walk into 50 buildings that just have a basic bar and a barkeep in them. Than it is for me to walk into five buildings that are all fleshed out with, as you said, pictures of the products, right? And like sort of these different uh, really focused efforts to bringing the world to life rather than assuming that just because the world is here that it is living. Yeah. 
And really what I, I, I'm trying to sell you on today is two things. It is specifically a story moment between one of our protagonists, Kazuma Kiryu, and one of the main antagonists, Daisaku Kuze. We're going to do that by doing the first chapter together, which shouldn't take very long. Okay. And we're going to go to a time skip on one of my saves from my current playthrough into this really specific moment between you and Kuze, this really cool fight. And this is the moment where I'm going to say, okay, this is anime, right? Remember this this moment. Yeah. Remember this one moment in your brain. Okay. And the the other, go ahead. I was going to say, so it's not, so I was kind of expecting like, we're going to sit down, we're going to play a few hours, but you're saying like, we're going to do the opening and then we're going to jump to a part where it's like, this is sick. Yes. We're going to do that. But the other thing I want to sell you on is we're going to, for for the same reasons, right? That this is kind of anime thing. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do some heat actions. I'll talk okay. about that in a second. And we're going to do some mini games. So okay. we'll spend a little time doing that. So what is a heat action? A heat action, again, should be everything I hate about video games. <laughs> uh, when you fill your heat gauge, Chris... Your heat yes. gauge to at least usually one and a half bars out of three. Okay. Sometimes you'll see a little flame icon on the screen. Oh, okay. And when you hit the heavy button, you get a heat action. A heat action is where Kazuma Kiryu has never killed a man. <laughs> the game stops and you get this cinematic moment where your character does some extremely over the top thing. And there are hundreds of heat actions for every contextual situation in the game. It depends on what weapon you have. It depends on what style you're in. It depends on where the enemy is in relation to you. It depends on what part of the combo you're in. These are what make Yakuza fun because you can pick up a uh, a man dressed in an entirely metallic gold suit, lift him over your head, and then pile drive him into the <laughs> pavement skull first, right? And then he explodes yeah. in a money shower. This is anime. Okay. This is the over the top. I don't care if it doesn't make physical sense. This is let's do some hype shit moment. Yes, right. Yes, I. I have a bigger think that we're going to come back to after after we do our session, right? Yeah. After we consume the vertical slice, as it were, um, that we're going to come back to about why I think that that is so interesting from like a representation perspective about like, like you said, like the guy exploding into money and like this being anime and like it doesn't matter that it doesn't make physical sense it's just yeah. like ludicrous and fun right um i again remind me to come back to this after we play the slice but i think that there is something really interesting about like representing these moments the way that your imagination allows you to see them in your head yeah. and actually communicating that within the medium right because it becomes one of those things like you mentioned the the dreamlike sequences during the karaoke like i was somebody as a kid and i still get this like get this way 
in uh in my in my old age now but like where you start like sort of daydreaming like you're listening to music and maybe you're imagining yourself up there rocking out with the band yeah you know what i mean yeah and i and i think that's really interesting because it's one of those things like you said People are very quick to sort of do this thing where it's like, I don't watch that weeb shit, right? I don't consume that weeb shit just because it's simply anime. But it's like, there are really sort of relatable concepts in in some of these things. And this is one of those for me. Yeah, you're already touching upon what I think we're going to be talking about in the next episode, which these moments are not purely something that is anime. It's just the things that a lot of us like about it, right? Like the the... The manly brawl, the mano a mano, the the final throwdown, so to speak, that happens in Western movies, too. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it happens all over the place. But it's just this thing of there. there's an intangible presentation quality to a lot of anime and these kind of not to say that they're tropes they are but it's it's more than that it's kind of the style of the thing of the villain that never quits the come on dude you've been hit by a car at this point you shouldn't be here again but anime doesn't care he's here again like that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. it's it's this hype at all costs by any means necessary so to speak yeah it's like I was saying to you about the Tekken story mode, the Mishima yeah. saga. I was yeah. like, do these motherfuckers die? Yeah, do exactly. they die? Like it's, you've been hit with nuclear warheads, yeah. devil lasers, dude. You've been stabbed, shot, and here you stay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Heihachi throws Kazuya into the volcano. Kazuya throws Heihachi into the volcano. Heihachi throws Kazuya into the volcano again. <laughs> Jin yeah. throws Heihachi into the volcano. It's like, okay, right. enough volcanoes. We get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I think that, you know, already I'm, I'm sort of like hyping myself up for this. Like I, the thing in me is that just like, I cannot wait to get in here and listen to this soundtrack. Cause I know it's going to be. Fucking oh lit. yeah. It's I know the, it's going to be lit. Yakuza is a complete package. The it's yeah. the presentation, it's the storytelling, it's the voice acting, it's the music. The music is sick. You're going to love it. Oh, and it's it's just great. And I can't wait to do this with you. So, well, I'm fucking excited, man. So, I I think that it, like this is going to be a little bit different from what we've yeah. done in the past. So we're actually going to break now and go play the thing. And then we will be right back in just a few minutes. Right? Yeah, exactly. So what we're going to do really quickly, if you do want to follow along, we're going to do chapter one of Kiryu's story. And I'm going to time skip Chris ahead to chapter six, I believe culminating in the second fight with Daisaku Kuze in the sewers. And we're going to come back from there. And we will also make sure that we provide you, for, for those of you that might not be able to play, there will be YouTube videos with appropriate timestamps and annotations in the in the uh, the show notes so that you can go watch this stuff. Yeah. That is, is provided and then come back and hear all the good bits. So, so yeah, uh, we're going to go break. Um, I think we have a special message coming up for you, though, uh, for you people listening. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But we will be back in just a few minutes after we've gone and visited the streets of Camarocho. Yes. See you then.
hey, while we're beating the shit out of some Yankee hooligans on the streets of Kamurocho, we just wanted to take some time to uh, give some love to our sponsor today. Isn't that right, Scott? Oh, that's right. Two sponsors today. This episode is brought to you by Stomach on Energy Drinks. Gee, Chris, you're looking just fucking haggard today, my man. You look like you could use a pick-me-up. I could. Well, did you know, in addition to the classic Staminon Light, X, Double X, and Royale flavors, the brand new Staminon Spark is now available for a limited time at participating retailers and some vending machines. Staminon Spark? That sounds incredible. Say, what are the benefits of stamina? Well, it has health benefits and it makes you hot. Like temperature hot or like attractive hot? I don't know. The game doesn't really explain like how heat works and what it pertains to, but probably both. Well, sign me up immediately because I need all of the hotness that I can get. I'm sure you do, you bitch. Also brought to you by Ichiban Confections and Ichiban Holdings. Say, Chris, now that you've got your refreshing Staminon Spark energy drink, what kind of snack do you have there to go with it? Oh, you know, Scott, just a delicious paraben-free Ichiban Senbei. Oh, that's just awesome, you diabetic fuck. You just can't relax unless you've got something in your mouth, can you? Do you know me, Scott? Stuffing my mouth always puts a smile on my face. Well, that's great, because at Ichiban Confections, your smile is our number one priority. Number one in smiles, Ichiban Confections. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at your face. Welcome back to King of the Shill. Man, that shit was fucking sick. I'm glad you liked it. I'm Scott. That's Chris. Yeah, and we're back from Camarocho. We are back from Camarocho. We didn't go to Soten Bori yet. You'll you'll see that separately oh. on your own time, probably. Oh, but, ooh, ooh, hopefully. Yeah. Yes, but we are back. That shit that was, was fucking a, rad. It I'm was glad because cool. I was immediately going to jump in with what did you think? And you've yeah, cut me off. No. Yeah, sorry. It was it was just really cool. Like <laughs> I um uh we'll probably bring this up several times on this show, but one of my favorite movies of all time is Goodfellas. And mm -hmm. I have a really interesting history with this movie because I didn't end up like seeing it for the first time until a few years ago. Because again, like, you know, my folks, I didn't I didn't come from a house of like movie buffs and shit. So like uh, I had seen Goodfellas when I had already had like sort of established tastes. Yeah. And there was there was something about it um, that I that I really pulled from Yakuza zero in a it, that I feel a little bit similarly with how I felt after, you know, watching Goodfellas for the first time, which is just like I had like these preconceived notions about what this was like. 
based off of tangential knowledge and what other people have said to me. But it completely like the whatever expectations I had in my head were subverted by by the the little bit that we played. And uh, I just like I sort of want to go back and do it again just because like I thought it was so, so cool from like um, like a theme perspective. So like it was just a really good first crack at it. I thought I thought that opening chapter was was really compelling. Well, that's good. Like. I worry about this kind of stuff, too, because I know that I have a personal bias for it. Like I I have described this to someone recently. It's just succinctly said I like gang shit. Like, I don't care where it's set. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. care who it is. I just like I, I'm drawn to people breaking the law for whatever reason. Right. Not that I have any type of way to relate to it. Just it's it's compelling. Right. Like people living yeah. on the edge, living free, doing whatever and all this kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Um, I know I have a personal bias for it and that definitely was on my mind when I was bringing you in, but I figured you would pop for some of this stuff because it's, it, I mean, it's not like, again, we'll say this about probably everything we ever talk about on this show, even if we like it, it's not like high fiction, but it knows how to like tug on your heartstrings. It knows how to get you excited when you need to be and down when you need to be and all these types of things. So it's, yeah, I mean like compelling is definitely the word for it, right? Because compelling when you're looking for things that like to be compelled for, you know, within a story, um, I think that this falls under one of those categories and I have a feeling that this is just going to be a larger theme about our talks about it. Anything tangentially related to anime, but these, like I could never relate to Kiryu, right? Yeah. Like I just, I've never had his life. I'm never going to have his life. There's just, there's nothing about him and I beyond the fact that like, we're just kind of nice dudes that yeah. like I will ever have in common with him. The same way I think that a lot of people take to characters like Ellie or Joel from the last of us, because they have these very relatable at like equalities to their characters for people in our day and age. So I think for stuff like this, that is, a based in reality, right? Because as crazy as this universe gets and the way that they present the world in this game, it is still based in actual Japan. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's really where sort of the, the, the grounded realism ends for me. It's just the fact that I recognize Japan as a real place and what really grips me about this setting in this story is just that it it really strikes me as this it, it has a cool factor that it just owns right right like it doesn't really waver from the thing that makes it cool it is self-aware of what is awesome about it and it leans hard into it yeah this is um this is the opposite of the marvel movies thing where it's like they're unapologetic about what they are because they know yeah. that it's sick and they don't care like it's hard to describe this to people that weren't around for even like is is early as the 90s right like it started to change but it's just this idea of like bombastic x-men wolverine in his new costume but he's always shirtless on all the promos and it's just like this yeah. really it's it's obviously extremely corny but you pop for it because it's just so it, it's iconic and it's proud of itself and all this kind of stuff and then you go to the movies and it's like well wolverine's wearing this black leather getup. you know what i mean because it's not yeah. cool to wear the yellow and black tights which i get 
right? It's hard to translate. But then you have something like Yakuza where Kazuma Kiryu has never killed a man, but he just eats a guy out of a third story bathroom window. <laughs> and he's yeah. just like, he's just kind of whatever about his blase about it. Or then you can have a disco battle with a guy for control of part of the city. It's just like, it doesn't care. Like you're in or you're out. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's, that's really something that I appreciate so much about it because, um, I think that it's very easy to, to tell when something isn't confident in itself. And Yakuza is a lot of things. And I have a lot of opinions about what I just played uh, with you. But the one thing that I know for certain is that this game is confident in itself. Right? Oh, yeah. It knows its style. It knows its theme. Um, and it does not deviate from that. You know, it, even even when you think it should. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, on that note, right, like first impressions kind of thing. You had the preconceived notions going in and we played a bit. What stuck out to you the most in playing? I mean, in terms of the game, like actually like the full experience of playing the game. Um, first off, holy fucking shit. Are these cutscenes unbelievably long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a film, right? Yeah. Like make mm-hmm. make no mistake. We have talked about, we will always talk about the meme that is video games, the movie. Yeah. Right. And I don't think this game ever pretends that it isn't one of those, but it sure as fuck makes you aware yeah. <laughs> that it is one of those by the opening cut, by the opening chapter being like 90% cutscenes. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of really good, uh, like like hooks that occur in in those in those opening cutscenes that establish what I think is really important to know about Kiryu and uh, Nishiki mm-hmm. um, as the events that set the stage for what's about to unfold. You know, start start to coalesce. Right. Um, it sets a lot of these very basic uh, rules. Right. These rule sets for you of and we were kind of talking about them as as we played them, but as we were playing through it. But, you know, very basically, you know, you get a sense of the type of role that a Yakuza would play on the streets of Kamurocho, somebody that's low ranking. You get a sense of the role that 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 they would play by the way that people interact with them. You get a sense of, you know, and you'll probably mention this a lot before, but I'm going to call it up or a lot later, but I'm going to call it up now because it's really really just prevalent and especially in the opening hour but this idea of there are two kinds of yakuza right Right. when it comes to like guys on the street and guys on this level you know and um i really liked that opening scene between the two of them i really really loved the dialogue about why nishiki keeps girls around you know what i mean right i loved that so much because i think it's just it's one of those things about building a character that just really goes to sort of contextualize and almost subvert what you thought about them just by looking at them. Um, Littlefinger is another character that's like that from a song of fire and ice slash game of Thrones, where you look at him and you think you have him pegged and then he does or says something and you're like, man, this guy, he's fucking with it. Yeah. Right. This is a that was a moment like that for me with Nishiki where I was just like, this is so cool that there's this like playboy party guy. And especially when he's like set against he's got this flashy suit and he's wearing these chains and like he's 
he's standing next to Kiryu, who's just in this black and white, plain as day. I'm in a suit. You know what right. I mean? And you get this immediate bias where you're just like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. Kiryu's the guy that's going to be climbing the ladder because he's business. He yeah. knows what's up. He comes and he handles his shit. And then you look at Nishki and you're like, this guy's in it because he likes the, the money and the women and the parties. And he likes the power that comes with being a Yakuza and the status that comes with it. And that might all be true, but there's a, there's a driving force behind all of that. And it is this like sort of think out of the box, like, aspect to his character that makes you immediately yeah. respect him and oh, i yeah. loved that and it's it's cool too because like it's it's not even like two even though i think i called it two at the time it's like there's just the many types of yakuza but also the many different types of people right because uh, yeah mm-hmm. awano you can you can compare nishiki to, to kiryu and you can compare nishiki to like awano where it's like nishiki enjoys the high life but he's also got this cold calculating exterior interior not that awano doesn't but Awano is just so steeped in corruption and you know what I mean? He's just like, he's always about getting his way and the little scene you saw with him in our time skip up to chapter yeah. six. Right. And it's just like, you can immediately tell that Nishi's not that kind of guy either. You know what I mean? The, the, the well goes deep, but yeah. Yeah. I really loved that scene. And you know, you, you uh, mentioned it before, but this is another thing that's like, you know, a, a very common thing to do in, in, in crime movies and especially, you know, films that are about organized crime. I mean, the character of Henry Hill himself is this character, right? Right. In, in Goodfellas. He's the guy that's like, oh, you're just a pusher, right? Like you're just this guy. And there's this established thing where it's like, oh, well, he's He's part Irish, so he could never be made. He could never make his way up in the crime family, despite the fact that he's clearly like one of them yeah. and everything. And um, it, it, I, I got a lot of vibes like that from 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 them setting up Nishki like that, because it, it gave me a lot of those like people underestimate him and or do not give him the credit that he probably deserves because of these exact like sort yeah. of biases that you yourself as the viewer and I was imparting on him just by looking at him standing next to Kiryu who looked like the all business guy, you know? So, uh, you know, this, this really pulls from that too, you know, and it's a, it's a trope, but it's a really well done trope here. And I think especially too, when you're unfamiliar with this setting, um, as I am right. Like Yox is not really a, a hot, hotly covered you know, topic when it comes to American and Western drama films, um, as much as the Italian mafia is for obvious reasons. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I really like that. It was, it was just one of those moments where it sort of, like I said, set the rules. Yeah. For, for what you're, what well, yeah. you're about to say. Yeah. Well, you brought up, you brought up some good hooks that I think when we go into our deeper conversation, like I want to talk about some of the gameplay stuff. And the amount of cutscenes versus like some later stuff like uh, there's actually, I think, a, a good reason I've internalized why I forgive the sheer amount of cutscenes in a game like this, as opposed to something like The Last of Us 2. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk right. about that. I want to talk about the story, too. It's so like the good the hooks with like Nishki and things like that. Were right. there any other like things that really stood out as a first impression to you? Like when you when you think about, of what we've just done. Like for me, right, the first time I played Yakuza, one of my first impressions was, did I just shove that dude's head into the pavement? Right. The heat <laughs> actions. Right. That was like a that was my number one takeaway from that game. Anything yeah. else? 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, heat actions are great and we'll talk about, we'll talk about the combat extensively. Um, but, uh, heat actions are great and, and it's very fun. I did, I did have a little bit of like a heads up going into it. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it it didn't really come across to me as like this, like, holy shit moment, the same way that like the first time I pulled off a devil trigger was right. Where I was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, they, I definitely was not prepared for how utterly ridiculous they were <laughs> like, yeah. and they are in a lot of cases. So I really loved heat actions. Um, as a soundtrack guy, oh yeah, the soundtrack fucking slaps in this game. You haven't even slaps, begun to hear most dude. of the soundtrack too. Yeah. I know. I know. And like, that's, that's the thing is just like, uh, you know, if you can if you can hook me in with something that is related to the game that I can 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 consume outside of me playing it. Yeah. I will do nothing but think about this game nonstop. Right. Oh, yeah. And like this is sort of like I I can already tell it's like sort of planting the seeds already where it's just like bro, you are going to listen to this soundtrack nonstop and because of that you are going to think about this game nonstop. It's it's unbelievably good. Well, I'm glad. That's another thing. I, I don't think I would have brought that up. That's a good point, because like I internalize that I like like soundtracks. Like I listen to the Oxus Zero soundtrack from time to time. I have a, a copy of it digitally. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like I listen to the soundtrack, but I wouldn't have thought to bring it up. And it's a big component of the game because it's not only something that's a constant companion when you're whether you're in combat or in cutscenes or whatever, but it's actively part of the game. Like we did a karaoke session and a disco yeah. session <laughs> and they make original songs for the game and they're just so catchy. Like Baka Me Tai was a meme not only because the meme was funny but because the song is catchy you know what i mean like i am not gonna stop singing that song for the foreseeable future yes so so fucking catchy yeah (laughs) like it's just um i don't know man like there's something so great about baka mite outside of the the meme obviously right that uh i was thinking about this the other day too with music because I was going through some of my like top of the year playlist that Spotify mm-hmm. curates for you at the end of every year. And I was listening to 2016 and I was like, oh my God. I was like, all of all of these songs are like meme songs. Yeah. They're like songs that I put on for meme reasons, whether yeah. it's, you know, a meme between my wife and I or my friends or whatever. And um, it's not always like attached to the memory. Sometimes like a song and especially like a song from a soundtrack can become a meme simply because it is so ridiculous, but also the fact that it is so good is in and of itself inherently so ridiculous that you just can't get away from how incredible it is feeling, how incredible it feels to consume this product. And that is how I feel about Baka Mitai. Yeah. Like, it's well, so good. Another thing too, that's worth mentioning, because this is also going to tie into the anime discussion is, I, I feel this way more so about Japanese produced content than I do Western. It's not necessarily the case, but like Japanese content, the music has a really strong connection in an identity sense to the the thing that it is. Right. Like 
there's a there's a Daisaku Kuze theme. I keep harping on that just because I like that moment. And that's what I shield to you, basically. Yeah. But like that's his song when his song plays, you know, something involving him is about to go down. Right. Yeah. Bakamitai right. is a Yakuza meme. Uh, even just shit as simple as like Mario. Right. The Mario theme. It's a it's a song that is Mario. And yeah, he, right. In, in a lot of Western stuff, like not that the soundtracks are bad. There's great soundtracks, but it's not like the the music isn't like it's not an ID card for the thing itself necessarily a lot of the time. The the thought that immediately came to my head was The Witcher, The Witcher 3 yeah. specifically. Great soundtrack, right. very Incredible. beautiful and ambient, but I don't really think in my head, oh this this is the song from the time you fight uh the werewolf thing underneath the cave with the tree yeah dude. right i don't like, fucking know yeah. i use i use the witcher soundtrack in my D D games all the time and it's just yeah. like like that my some of my players are always like oh oh oh, oh i think I, I think i know what this one's from and i'm like no you don't yeah. <laughs> and like, you know what i mean you you haven't fought a mr shakedown. i don't either no I, I i don't know but like you haven't fought a mr shakedown yet but just like something like that and you said the mr shakedown theme which oh, still God. like gives me trauma <laughs> you know what i mean like um yeah right but yeah, well, i mean uh, dude i mean even i mean uh mr x has his own theme right yeah. like even stuff that's like that's like new and recent and very fresh you know that is has these has that sort of thing going for it, which is like, you know, like you said, like an ID card for the thing that is happening. You yeah. Know? I mean, Devil May Cry, the headliner songs for each of the main main characters, like all this kind of stuff. It's just it's just a little note that I think it really shows itself in Yakuza. It'll transfer over to anime, especially with o OPs and EDs, as people yeah. call them, the openings okay. and the ending tracks where it's like right. people people like the openings and the endings so much that they like consume them as their own type of music and they identify them with the show. Right. So yeah. Same kind and there's, of thing. There's another aspect to the soundtrack conversation that um, I don't want to get too heavily into right now because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this will be something that we dissect a little bit later here in more detail, but I think the music really goes to serve too, for this very same per, uh, reason it goes to additionally service how, uh, how the world feels. The world feels, Kamarocho feels like it is teeming with life, right? Yeah. And not because, I'm going to go back to The Witcher here just because this is my point of reference for it, but I've always said about the world and Wild Hunt that CDPR put together, one of my favorite things about it and why it is an open world that I love when I myself do not really love open world games is that it it always felt like when I left the game, life would continue. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I could drop myself back into the game. And it was like, I, it wasn't like I was picking up a save file. It felt like I was just going back to, you know, yeah. you know, whatever town I was in, you know, like Redania or whatever. Um, and that, are, that is one of the things that I felt was so great about the Witcher but coming to Yakuza Zero, where the world is not only significantly smaller, right, from like a yeah. scope perspective, but the focus is much more tight on like there are specific things that you need to be able to do in this space. And they're dressed up a very certain way, but they are chock full of things to consume and experience and see even as something as innocuous as 
a like shop, a merchant that's dressed up like a convenience store. There's different music that plays in the different convenience stores, right? right. That clues you in to let you know that like, you know, you're in this one, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's different music that that's playing, um, in, in different clubs as you, as you pass them and different restaurants as you pass them. And like, you know, things like that, I think really go to serve the overall experience, but the soundtrack specifically really plays a huge part in that too. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue because the, the types of things that go into this teaming world, right? I, I want to start talking about the gameplay a little bit before we get into the story and then kind of the, like, this is why I think this will step you into anime stuff. Like, before we talk about the actual combat and the heat actions, this has always been really interesting for me because I, I am not really on board with the open world trend. It usually bores me to tears because... Yeah, same. They I feel that it's pretty common to sacrifice uh, the quality and the depth of the content for increased scope of size. Yeah. uh, For quantity. And there are exceptions to this. Like I love Breath of the Wild, even if there's I I think there's a ton of content in Breath of the Wild. Some people might disagree, but Breath of the Wild is an exception to me because the movement and the systems were all very compelling on their own. So even if I wasn't necessarily doing something at any given moment, just being in the world itself was satisfying because I could make lightning strike a moblin and that was funny or whatever. Right. Right. Sure. Right. Yakuza was always interesting to me because so I've been on board, so to speak, like I've only played. uh, I don't know if I've even said this. I played Yakuza zero, one, two and seven. Uh, I played the original two on the PS2 and I played zero when it came out. I was, I have not played any of the other Yakuza's, but I was on board in the PS2 era. And even back then, like, I mean, bear in mind, it's a PS2 game, but right. the idea of a much smaller space was so much more to do. And now with Yakuza zero and even Yakuza seven, right? Like the, the scope of the map is really all not, not all that large, but it's the attention to detail and all the little things and the amount of ways you can interact with it does really compel me and i was i was wondering how you felt about that because i know that uh the witcher 3 is really a banner game for you which is kind of the opposite right like big scope uh little events inside that big scope what it what did you think about it so i think that it's it's hard for me to compare it to 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 wild hunt in like in terms of like because I think they're both good for, for different reasons. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of uncommon and I know this is not what you're trying to do. Um, but it's kind of uncommon for me personally to not fall into this, like, well, wild hunt didn't have this and Yakuza does have it. So that's why I like that aspect better than Yak. Cause, Cause I think that they both have a lot of the same things. Right. They're just presented in a very different way. Right. Um, I want to mention Assassin's Creed real quick because it's this will make sense. But I think uh, I think Wild Hunt is the iteration that Assassin's Creed ultimately wanted to go for. And then CDPR gazumped them and did it first. And then they said, well, now we have to do something completely different. So they released another iteration of their Assassin's Creed open world and it was still shit. Um, because the core theme of those worlds are the same exact thing with a different color. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Whereas with Wild Hunt, yeah, you had the same exact things, but there were often sort of hooks that gave you context to, you know, why this building was different or there was a merchant that Geralt would know or XYZ, so on and so forth, right? So there was incentive for me to go and sink my teeth into it and dig deep, right? Right. There was incentive to me for me to go explore every merchant I could because, hey, you might be able to play him in Gwent for a card. Yeah. Or he might have this, you know, crafting recipe or this glyph that you might need, you know, so on and so forth. So the core theme of that for me is incentive. So when I think about Assassin's Creed and I internalize why I didn't like that open world, it was because it didn't really serve the gameplay so much as it just served to fill space and yeah. fill negative space in the game for me versus Wild Hunt, which there's a little bit of that, but mostly there was incentive for me to go and to explore and to really sink my teeth into it. As I said, with Yakuza Zero, I feel the most um, like sort of enticing incentive to return to these places and to explore more that I've felt um, since I've played Wild Hunt. Um, and there's not, it's not due to the, the, like you said, like the quantity, it's not due to the overall scope. It is that there's value in every interactable place that you can direct Kiryu towards that keeps me wanting to come back for more for different reasons. You find a side quest that says, go find all these, you know, go find something at, you know, at a store or whatever. Yeah. And you go to that store and you talk to that person because you need to pick up a health item. And oh, that person says, hey, I've never seen you around here before. And suddenly it's like, hey, you can build this friendship with this person. Yeah. Gee, I wonder what that means. What if I max out my friendship? It's this like intangible incentive to it's like, you know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Well, like, I think you should. You know yeah. what I mean? And it feels good to have that. I think, too, it's also to speak to the personality of all the individual little things of like at a certain point, I'm not going to say it, you could do it forever. But like at a certain point, it gets tiring. But sure. Yeah, it's definitely. usually something just so wildly different, like meeting a Mr. Lust for the first time, just like a dude gyrating in his underwear in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. You're like, yeah what the fuck is this all about? Right. And you stop and talk <laughs> right. to them or something like that. It's, it's, it's the kind of content that like it, it goes to its benefit, right? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just silly for the sake of silliness. I think it's, it's really, it's really needed brevity in a game that would other could otherwise feel like a slog. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a really good way to put it. Um, Cause I do, I really think that the overall goal of what like an Assassin's Creed is going for is to do that, right. To break up sort of, to give you something to do in between like the story missions and, you know, the, the grind of the game itself to progress it from point A to point B. But, um, you know, I think that when you forget that there's somebody playing the game. Yeah. I think is when you start to cross into that territory of this just feels like maintenance yeah. rather than this feels valuable, right? Like it's because in the, uh, in, in the, the example that I want to pull again is that, 
you know, you have to go to convenience stores to find something for somebody. And in that, you, you know, somebody, the, the uh, girl working the cash register is like, oh, I've never, you know, I, I think I've seen you here before. And you can start building a friendship on her. Right. Like, you know, it's, and I kind of just lost what my overall point was going to be here, but it's, uh, it just, it feels nice to know that like, even if I have to go back to these places and I have to like retrace my steps for something, it's not strictly going to be for that maintenance yeah. work. Well, it's it, not going to be for that thing again. You're, you're not seeing the, you're not, you're not seeing the, um, the wall, so to speak. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what kind of analogy I'm going for here. You're feeling around in a, in a room and you've not yet hit the wall because the game has continued to serve up content in a way where I guess I'm saying it's, you, you did, you haven't hit a deflating moment, right? Yeah. Right. You've gone to the alleyway near the karaoke bar and a little boy is crying because someone stole his stuff. Right. Actually, I think yeah. that happens at Don Quixote, but either way, right. Like they, you, you meet the little boy and you get to do something and, and you're, you don't have that immediate feeling of, I guess I just never go back to this alleyway again. What a bummer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. I mean, you know, and even stuff like, and I'm going to call out God of War here because like God of War's got a couple, has got some merchant characters that are some of maybe the best characters in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. They're the two, they're the two dwarf, Sindri and whatever his name is, right? They have like a narrative, right? They have like a dialogue, but for the most part, you're really just, you're really just like letting it happen, right? Yeah. And it doesn't really, doesn't really make the experience of going in there and doing the maintenance work, so to speak, doesn't make that experience um, any less taxing versus yeah. like in my in in my couple hours with Yakuza and my opening chapter and what we played, like I didn't get the sense that I was going to just be, you know, experiencing something like that again, where it's like, this is just the merchant or this yeah. is, you know, this is just for this thing. Like you said, it's fun to just go in and look around even sometimes. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's, I think it's, I, I figured out my analogy. It's not the wall. It's the puppeteer's hand at a certain point. Yeah. Right. Cause like mm -hmm. God of war is a good point. Because I remember liking that God of War was somewhat open world, but internally, right, like it, it didn't really need to be. And what was great about it was that it gave you a sense of freedom. It was a good, not foil, it was it was a good wrapper for the father son adventure, right? If you were continuously going in a straight line, it wouldn't have felt as much like a father son adventure. Right. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times you would go off the beaten path. I'm thinking about one area in particular in the lake where like, OK, I can finally get to this place that was blocked by an ability. I wonder what's over there. And it's just an enemy in a chest, right? Like a strong enemy and a yeah, cool upgrade. Right. right. But it feels like a video game. You can see the puppeteer's hand, right? Yeah, exactly. Not, oh, look at this. This amazing Nordic Norse lore thing. That I, I didn't even see coming. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a lot of a lot of what going into these individual places. And like you mentioned, like what makes it feel like it's teeming with life is just that is that there is value right in doing these what would seemingly be like monotonous tasks in other games. And I know that 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 feeling is finite. Right. I know that's 
you know, if I, if I end up finishing this game, you know, I know that I'm like you said, I'm going to hit a point eventually where this stuff just drops off for me and I just don't care about it anymore. Right. But it's going to be something that I pull away from the game uh, as as like a value aspect versus like the way that like we were, we were just talking about God of War, like the way that I look back on that where it's like, you know, I really think that they could have done a little bit more with this. Like in these cases, like they did more. And yeah. even, even if I get tired of it, the point is they did more and I enjoyed it. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that, for that design choice. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 to just wrap up the thought, I guess I just, I've not experienced a ton of games that are like this, that are like open world in concept in that you have a defined area in which to run around and you don't necessarily have to go from point A to point B. Right. right. And there's there's side activities in between. And I, it's just always struck me as not necessarily odd, but it just struck me as interesting that like that we have the open world trend. Like I'm thinking of Far Cry. I'm thinking of all the Tom Clancy games they make every other year. Yeah. Right. Well, that are now open world. And it's like, why aren't there more? that are just here's a defined area like spider-man to an extent is almost this right i mean it's kind of sprawling kind of yeah just like uh why not a game that's just manhattan and it's in excruciating detail or something like yeah. that you know what right. i mean like right not that manhattan isn't huge but you get my point right yeah no i know exactly what you mean you know it's it's this thing of like you know what are you really going for yeah. As the person making this game. And are you sheerly going for mass? Right. Yeah. Because if you are going for mass, then, you know, there's going to be, I think, predictably some obvious uh, shortcuts when it comes to the flavor, you yeah. know, okay, and that's to me. And, and this is just me personally. That's what really sells me on the concept of not being on rails. Right. Bloodborne. Similarly, you know, yeah. um, Bloodborne has i think the finest design and i'm probably gonna get shit for this but it's it's got in my opinion the finest designed souls born world because of that reason that it you know is in and of itself in some ways self-contained but it still has that feeling of this is big and i can go wherever i want and the places that i can go have you know value and meaning to them yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree. You're fucking wrong. But yeah, I, I know what <laughs> I you're know, saying. I know. Yeah, <laughs> but I know. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, have I, I just have a I have a a mountain of salt over the first time I tried Dark Souls that is just never going to go away. And I can't rank DS1 on any sort of like, oh, yeah, this is the top of all time because I'm still real fucking mad about it, even though I've beat it five times now. I get you. I mean, it, it's dealer's choice i guess technically but yeah, i think I mean, we can all agree that two is the worst ah uh, is it let me think what it's uh, definitely the worst sekiro approaches it for me not because there's anything inherently wrong with sekiro i just yeah it's probably the worst i don't yeah, even i don't even hate it as, i don't even <laughs> hate it as much as people hate it but I have I fucking hate I I hate I maybe I'll go back and play it sometime. Yeah. Maybe I just hate the scholar of the first sin. Maybe I just hate that. Oh, I don't know about that. That I think scholar of the first sin is definitely way better. I know people have gripes about some of the changes, but 
it fixes a lot of gross issues from the original release. All right. I don't know know about that. Well, point taken. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like it's just that thing of I, I know what you're getting at, though. It's like even if I am slightly on the rails, the fact that they're hidden from me is appreciated. Yeah, for right. sure. You know, and and again, you know, if I could walk away with a monotonous task feeling like it was worth my time, even something that takes, you know, a minute and a half to three minutes to do yeah. only, then I think that that is, that is it, it's uh, 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 well executed. So. Yeah. And there's some value in just for me, too. Like, I don't know if you agree with this, but there's also some value for me just in the fact that it can make me laugh, too. Yeah, you know I mean, absolutely. Like, um, I'm more willing yeah. to forgive it of inane bullshit when I play the telephone club mini game and I have to shoot uh, my telephone energy into the correct response <laughs> while basically softcore is in the background and there's yeah. like moaning noises <laughs> distracting me. You yeah, know what I mean? Real. Like it's right, funny. Right. So I, I can yeah. forgive it if the game's a little monotonous or whatever. Well, but. this is, uh, this is another one of those aspects that we talked about before about it, knowing what it is yeah, and it being confident in what it is. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, I had some reservations about this topic going in because of conversations you have. I, and I have had, in excruciating detail, but uh, what did you think about the combat? It's bad, dude. It's, <laughs> it's um, uh, I, I have to put myself in the mindset, right? That um, this combat in, 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 at least initially first, my initial impressions, it doesn't feel like the combat is supposed to be hard, right? Yeah. It feels like there's probably some challenge to it eventually, but it doesn't feel like the point is that it is challenging, right? Yeah. Unlike something like Devil May Cry, where it's the point is that it is there to challenge you in most cases, mm-hmm. right? Um, so with that, it's easier for me because that's how I internalize the combat to forgive the fact that lock on might as well not even fucking exist. Yeah. To forgive the fact that there's no literally no fucking reason if you're fighting more than one person to ever switch off of beast mode to yeah. ever switch off of beast mode. Right. Yeah. No reason. There isn't e- unless you get the, the, the cool stance that you showed me. Yeah. I guess. The, the dragon of Dojima. But yeah, I mean like, it's just the thing of beast is hyper specialized for beating up randos on the streets. Just use it forehead. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, exactly. But that in and of itself, like, you know, I think being able to understand that it, the game is not about the combat, right, makes it easier to digest. But man, if we had to score this game on combat alone, three out of 10, like that's and, and I, all, all three points for the beast stance. That's that's kind of what I expected, because what I, what I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if you internalize it this way. So I think of Yakuza and Devil May Cry. And Bayonetta, uh, those types of games very similarly. And I I grade Yakuza poorly because of how it approaches the same question. So Devil May Cry, Bayonetta, Vanquish, whatever, right? Character action game. Yeah, character action games, Capcom, Platinum, take your pick. Um, They are built around a core component of player freedom and expression, where the ultimate goal is not victory. It is style. Yeah. It is execution. Right. 
Right. It, the, the ultimate goal of Devil May Cry is not to beat Devil May Cry, no matter what you may think. The ultimate goal of Devil May Cry is to get smoking sexy styling. Or to get yeah. 4S, like going, you know what I mean? Like De- Devil May Cry is a fighting game masquerading as a character action game. Yeah, basically, right? It's it's um it, it's all about player freedom and creativity and expression. The end result is that you feel and look like a badass when you master the game. Right. Right. You pop a like uh you use a round trip on Dante, right? And then you you do a double hop in the air and you, uh, your sword comes back and you slam him into the ground and you stance change into Balrog. And then you just pummel him with punches. You pop him back up. You pull out like whatever. Right. You yeah. feel like a mm-hmm. badass. Right. You look like a badass. Yakuza. Is a game where winning in combat is not the immediate goal. Right. Style is the immediate goal. Yeah. But it goes about it in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. You have light I mean, attacks. Take. You have heavy attacks. You have throws. And you have heat actions. Heat actions are the answer, in my opinion, to, to a traditional character act, action game's mastery of its systems. Yeah. Right? So I internalize it that way. I can see why people may prefer Yakuza if they have no interest in mastering a game. If it doesn't matter to them, like this is your this is the person that plays fighting games and just mashes, just slams their hands on the controller. Right. Yep. It doesn't matter to them that they're just hitting X and Y and B over and over again. And the game is kind of just directing them to freedom because they look cool while they're doing it. Right. Exactly. And there's no denying that shit in Yakuza looks cool. When you spend your heat, when you've grabbed somebody in beast stance and Kiryu lifts them over their, his head somehow <laughs> and pile, drives their, yes, the pile drives their skull into the pavement, it's sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? but Or when you pick up a bike and you smash it over somebody and Kiryu retains the wheel so you can do another heat action where you just toss it up in the air and they look at it and you just punch through their yeah, face. exactly. Yeah, no, so it, absolutely. It's, it's the same philosophy reached differently and i don't think this is a hot take from everything i've ever seen i don't think people are necessarily in love with yakuza for its combat i think that they like the spectacle which is fine because i like the spectacle too that's why i wanted to show you this game but i i just wanted to get your thoughts on that because i didn't expect you would like it either because you and i i think are both the type of person that would rather that we want to show we don't want to be shown and we don't want to be told. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Video games are the only medium where the player has agency. Right. So let me have agency. So exactly. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, is I want to say this about the combat as well, is that. I think the way that it is presented, maybe this is not intentional. Maybe this is me reading way too into it. But the way that it's presented in almost like a like a dreamlike scenario, right? Where it's like Kiryu is obviously beating the shit out of these guys because yeah. when you exit combat, despite the fact that you may have spiked their heads into the ground or, you know, put put the, their bodies in a toaster and blown it up with a rocket launcher or whatever yeah. you want to do. They're just kind of like on the ground, like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, you're right. You are real strong. I won't I won't try to fuck with you again. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So like, he's not obviously, like you said before, throwing somebody out of a three-story window. So like, I kind of like internalize that as he's obviously beating them, but in his head, this is how he's doing it. Well, you know what I mean? It's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And I've never thought of it that way because this is, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but this is kind of the anime thing. This is how, like, one of the reasons why I feel this is a good stepping stone because I told you this while we were playing, but a lot of the stuff that I like about a lot of anime and some of the stuff I'm going to show you is a lot of the time, the the goal of the presentation is hype by any means necessary, right? Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. There doesn't have to be continuity that, yes, he spiked his head into the ground. He's just going to get up and say his words. It's like it's like in Dragon Ball Z. The end of the Frieza saga, Frieza's literally just an arm, a torso, and a head, and he's still walking around and talking. Not right. because it makes any logical sense, but just because it's sick, right? Like that's right. that's just the way it is. Um, Goku instant transmissions himself and cell to King Kai's planet when he could have just sent him literally fucking anywhere, right? <laughs> Not because right. it makes logical sense, but because it's a emotional moment, right? Yeah, Not that the right. Cell Saga is any good, uh, but that it's it's that thing. So that's a that's a that's a really interesting theory. But I just internalize it as the it's anime consequences, right? Yeah, sure, right. And that's but, that's ultimately it. At the end of the day, that's you know that's what it is because, it, like you said, like in DBZ, right? Like. Um, you're getting hit by these huge, like I can maybe like my the realist brain in me can can forgive like a all right like yeah you can eat a kamehameha but a spirit yeah. bomb dude yeah come well, on you know what I mean I, so it's it's not like that for me right but it's more like one of those things where like I like you said hype by any means necessary but um it just feels very like of course it's gonna be this over the top yeah. you know. Well, because it's also too like think about when you were in the end of the first chapter while you were raiding the Tojo clan headquarters, that yeah. guy that kept showing up as a gag over and over. He should be dead. Yeah, <laughs> he should be dead. dead. Right. And he right. keeps showing up because it's more important that we have the gag that he keeps showing up and getting his shit pushed in than right. it making logical sense. Well, I think, too, like things like that. Right are really why I think at the end of the day, I, I think this is why people like Deadpool, you know, because yeah. it's less because because this is almost like breaking the fourth wall in a way, because this is like the story in this game that they set up in the first chapter is not like a jokey joke story, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you like foot soldier Yakuza did a job like you were supposed to do, but you killed this guy. Right. And that's bad because that brings unwanted attention on us. That is perfectly reasonable. That sounds like any fucking true crime fiction. Right. That, you know, that you've heard in, 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 in any any medium before. And I think moments like like that, like this guy that's the, the gag serve as a fourth wall breaking moment because it's like it's checking in with you where it's like, yo, you are definitely raiding the Tojo clan headquarters right now. But just in case you forgot what type of game this is, right? Here's yeah. this fucking gag moment. Yeah. Right. So 
it, it's it just goes, I think, hand in hand with like everything kind of feeding into the design philosophy and it being like, like you said, it's confident in what it is, right? Funny joke game. It's not going to completely deflate the moment if this guy keeps coming up to get ashtrays shoved in his face and kicked yeah. through doors. You know what I mean? Right. It's on brand. So on brand. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's really what I wanted to get across with the gameplay stuff. I was, I was just curious because really the well, I mean, we'll revisit this, but kind of where this fits in the anime arc. Why I thought the I thought the gameplay and the story would both be a good way of kind of onboarding you because the gameplay especially if we're talking about anime games but it also has the same mentality as some shows and manga and whatever a lot of the time the hero is just strong and it's not necessarily for any particular reason or explored i mean goku is a perfect example of this goku trains giant air quotes and his number gets bigger but yeah. he's not like learning new moves, so to speak. His numbers just bigger because he had heavier weights on this time when he was punching for three <laughs> seconds. Right. Yeah. Like, he's still going to hit you with a Kamehameha. It's just going to yeah. be larger, wider and a different color. Yeah. So it, it's the same kind of thing here. Kiryu is just strong and he solves his problems through straightforward combat. It's not like The Witcher where you're taking potions to prepare yourself for battle and it's really thought out. It's just, you know, that he's the protagonist guy, so he's just going to punch him real good and the power of friendship and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it, it literally is almost like his answer to everything is like, sounds like you could be punched in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> I you, can you, fix that for you. It's, it's literally, you're talking a lot of shit for someone in punching distance. That's literally his <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. So, exactly right um but like yeah it's just like power of friendship stuff too that happens even in yakuza and it's in like every anime games and every anime show i think the 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 combat and it's the kind of philosophy and approach to it we're kind of that good onboarding point like it's it, it's the reason a lot of people watch like seasonal anime dating this a little bit right now the hot one is like jujutsu kaisen or like attack on titan it has good fucking fights that are really hype and really well animated, right? Not that there's nothing else to it, but you see a guy do some hype thing and it's super cool. And that's it. That's as simple yeah. as it is. Same thing yeah. with Yakuza. So, well, uh, and one, one final point about the combat and then we'll move on is that I think that, um, I think that it, it's, uh, they're obviously not putting it out in, in a state that people aren't going to really take to on purpose. Right. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I appreciate the design choice of things like, the beast stance and there are there are different stances that you can go to in the middle of combat right that are really more about different things and you mentioned earlier the beast stance is literally like just switch to beast stance forehead and press light attack yeah. you yeah. know what i mean because it's like you know in the beast stance you can it just simply by mashing light attack you can grab any grabbable object that you're near and just start wailing dudes with it. So it is. And even if you don't have any grabbable, grabbable objects near the B stance is like, think of if you play Overwatch, think of Winston and his ult. That's the B stance. You are yeah. just flailing these huge, like clotheslines lines everywhere. It's, it's literally eighth mode. It's, it's eight mode. Yeah. Yeah. But, so like yeah. I I like that they put that in there because it's like yeah brawler cool like brawler's the default and like the, what's the other one uh, rush rush thank you rush is like the cool like 
ooh, like fast punches and like I'm going to like bob and weave and stuff. And that's cool because they they really fulfill the different fighting style tropes, as it were. Yeah. But I just like that the beast mode is really just the fuck you button. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is the all right. I've been trying to put you in these heat modes and brawler and the game just isn't having it. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to pop off some awesome well, shit that- anyway. That's a good point. Real quick before we leave it, uh, one of the most disappointing parts of Yakuza for me is exactly when it doesn't hit these anime moments where you're going for your cool combo or your heat action on the boss and they just slip right out of it. Yep. Yeah. And you're you. like, oh, here it is. I've got, you're like, oh, I've got the heat. He hasn't hit it off me yet. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to grab him. And then and then I'm going to be able to do it. And then you grab him and he's just like mm, immediately. He's just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of nope, let's nope. go on to the story. Yes. This so, is a big yes. Yeah. So in this anime arc, right, this onboarding, the, the story, there's so much you haven't seen yet, but this is such a great example of something that is anime adjacent. Uh, I think I said this in the last episode and I'll say it again. I know people that will say straight faced, I'm not into that anime shit. And they'll play things like Final Fantasy VII or Metal Gear Solid, or Ghost of Tsushima, or whatever. Name your hot, hot Japanese game of the week, right? And they will say to me with a straight face, I don't play that anime shit. Son, you are playing that anime shit, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all this shit is. Right. Yakuza, its story is 100% anime. It's power of friendship, doing the right thing. Shonen protagonist wins with his fists. Uh at times comically evil villains big speeches uh motorcycle lit fights in the sewers when a gun would have done the job it this shit is anime so before we talk about that let's talk about the story and your impressions of it hit me with the hot goss what'd you think it's uh it's it is the thing that that pulled me the most because it's it's so good like it's and 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 this is a really I really I'm going to I'm going to agree with you here. I think this is a really great like launch pad for me because of the fact that like this the story of this game and you know we covered it a second ago but you know again it's like it's just you are this guy that is in this Yakuza family that gets you know the framed/accused for this murder that happens and like killing people in the Yakuza space is big no no right and there's there's a really interesting like territory struggle like a real estate struggle that's a part of it and all of these things are really steeped in things that i can relate to right like i've Mm -hmm. seen crime movies that feel like this before i said that i said that earlier you know like i you've seen movies that have you know like a real estate like oh Oh, this is a this is a, a war between these two rival factions over this neutral park because whoever gets this, you know, seizes control of the of the territories or whatever. It's common, right? Like the wire steeps into that every so often, right? Yeah. They step into that territory of like, you know, with the towers. It's like, oh, we can't we can't let them buy the towers, you know? Right. So like there are all these things that like are familiar to me that because they're familiar to me. I can sort of just turn that part of my brain off and be like, yeah, this is all good shit. You know, like this is, you know, it, insp- it inspires me to want to know more about this protagonist because, you know, he's getting a raw deal. You know, I've been fucked on. I hate being fucked on. 
Yeah. I don't like being fucked on the way that this guy's getting fucked on. He's obviously yeah. getting <laughs> fucked on. Yeah. You know? So like these are all like really easy things for me to to get into. And it really helps highlight some of the stuff like I mentioned earlier, Nishki and the first time you meet him. And then especially the first time you meet Awano, Kuse, um, what's the other one's name? Shibasawa. Thank you. And you just like that moment for me when you first meet like and they're not even like the bosses. They're yeah. just bosses. You know, yeah. the first time you meet the lieutenants. It's just like this really good moment of. Like, it's like when it's like the first time you see Frieza and Vegeta. It's yeah. presented like the same way. And I hate to oh, say yeah. that because I know you're trying to make like correlations to anime. And that's like one of this whole one of the whole points. So I hate to ham fist that. Yeah. But it really but, feels that way where it's just like. You know, holy shit. <laughs> well, even, I mean, it even does the dramatic stop. Right. The screen grays out and it shows you who they are in their name with the the uh uh, not Tenko, the the drum, Taiko, the Taiko drum, the dun dun, like yeah. Daisaku Kuze, head of the Tenno family, Keno, rather Keno clan. Right, it's like exactly. it's like this super built up, and they have the amazing facial capture of the the actors playing these guys, and they're like, wow, it just it really it it took me by surprise how good it was. I mean, I, I probably I think I mentioned it to you like four like four times yeah. within that scene where I was just like. God damn, dude, this looks awesome. Like, yeah, you. So Kuze is really like the first sort of like mm, bad guy that you like, yeah. you know, this, you know, this is this is this is the bad guy of the story. He's like the first crack at a bad guy that you get. Yeah. And those moments. In the opening of the story where Kiryu has to go face the lieutenants to like get questioned about like yo did you kill this dude like what's yeah. up right you know it's a bad thing you know that this is a heavy situation then he walks in and kuze you can just almost like like sense how unbelievably incredulous this guy is every time he talks to kiryu because yeah. of the way that the hit like his teeth grits and he talks out of the side of his mouth a lot yeah. when he talks well, to Kiryu. It looks so good. His his, his forehead wrinkles when yes. he like talks. You know what I mean? Like he, he has this like such a believable, angry fucking countenance. Yes. Like, yeah. And it's 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 awesome. And like, you know, when I think of when I think about anime, like really over exaggerated facial expressions are so key to that yeah. style oh, and that motif. So this really hits that for me yeah. too. Well, the, the profile picture that I have right now on discord, Usopp is a frame of Usopp, right? Like this is a, this is a very common thing. Like you're touching on in, in this type of thing is just like it, the expression has to be, Ha the expression has to tell the story itself. It's part of the comedic aspect. So like my yeah. profile picture with Usopp doing the bug eyes, right? And like freaking yeah. out. It's part of the comedic aspect. It's also part of the serious aspect, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Japanese culture is very different too, but these guys, it, the voice acting too, the way oh, that- it's, it's incredible. I would, uh, I can't even, I can't do it justice. It's the way the words like almost fall out of his mouth so lazily, right? Like it's just like, Oh, it's it's that tangibility. 
Well, and, and and because it is so good, whenever it goes from the diff from the different lieutenants, like again, we're going to come back to this, like the different type of yakuza. It this is something that permeates even through this, their facial expressions, the way they say things. You get a sense of who these guys are. Kuze, the ruthless one, the guy that's like, I will literally fuck a hole right through you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Kuze is just not going to stop for anything. Awano, the playboy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, Kiryu. Oh, oh. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, you, like, you just get this sense of who they are, really, before they even say more than three words. Yeah, you know? it's great. Mm -hmm. I love that scene so, 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 so much. Yeah, let's let's talk about that though, because so what we played, we played the opening chapter, chapter one, Kiryu. Yeah. And then I time skipped you up to the end of chapter six because I was basically telling you a small story about Kuze, right? By the, the end of chapter six, Kuze is already on the outs because he's lost so terribly to Kiryu. He got humiliated, right? So he's not even really in command anymore by the end of chapter six. And he. Yeah, because, in. well, because after this, like after, after Kiryu gets accused and he goes, meets the lieutenants and everything, like, he he basically tries to get out of the family. He's like, I've got to yeah. I've got to be released. He asks for his release from the clan. And as part of this. He and Kuze rumble and it's there's this. Un fucking believable scene. I mean, on the dope scale, right yeah. on the dopeness scale, it is it doesn't even register. This is up there with me for, for me, like. Because I lo I love like so basically they're they're about to rumble right and Kiryu makes this innocuous comment where he where he's just like um he says something to piss Kuze off and Kuze's like well you're not Yakuza anymore so you know duh, you know but whatever and Kiryu's like he's like thank you Kuze I've been waiting for you to say that and then they just fucking rumble and you're just like yeah. dude yes like yeah, it's he, it's so he, good. He beats the shit out of everybody in the room as soon as he hears you're no longer Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's just like something flips in him where it's just like, yeah. oh, man, it's well, so the, good. Because this is so actually, let me finish that thought. So yeah. uh, Kuze gets another shot at Kiryu uh, rumble in the sewer. Uh, he runs him down with a motorcycle and a pipe and you have a, a motorcycle lit fight in the sewer fight for supremacy with Kuze. And so much of this segment is like. I don't know if I want to call it anime tropes because it's more like an everything trope, but this is it's very common in the type of anime subculture, right? Like you have the moments of philosophical combat, right? So we've been talking about the different types of Yakuza. There's your Kiryu, who's the last good, honorable man, right? There's your Nishkis, the guys that are will that want to get to the top by any means necessary, right? Like the clever ones. Yep. You have your the opportunists. Yeah, you have your Kuzes that, that are not the hearts of gold, so to speak, that Kiryu is. Not that Kiryu's perfect, but he's a he's a um, eagle scout for a Yakuza, right? Yeah, right. You have your Kuzes that are still pure, but pure Gokuto. Like, this is the way that the Yakuza are. I embody the Yakuza, right? right. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm all about accountability and doing things by the code and handling things myself. Like you said, he's ruthless. Yeah. I am going to beat the shit out of you because you humiliated me. Fuck all that other shit, right? Yeah. 
you have your Awanos that are, I'm all about the lifestyle. Give me the money. If you stand in my way, fuck you. Right. 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 And then I'm not going to talk about Shiva Sala. You'll find out about him later. But you have. Yeah. So you have that. But it's like it's philosophical combat. Right. Yeah. Kiryu hates Kuze and vice versa. Kiryu hates Awano and vice versa. But as the so-called shonen protagonist, shonen, I should explain that now. Shonen is a type of genre is not correct, but it's a type of demographic. It's okay. the Japanese word for basically young boys. Right. Got it. Yep. Dragon Ball Z is shonen. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! is Naruto. shonen. Naruto is shonen. Right. The shonen protagonist is what you expect. It's those types of people, right? It's Naruto, yeah. Goku, etc. Right. Tip of the spear. Right. Tip. Well, not that's not even necessarily tip of the spear. Of the, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it I know what you mean. So anyway. Yeah. Kiryu, as the shonen protagonist, engages these people in philosophical combat. He won't kill Kuze because in a way, he respects him and he expects that Kuze will understand he has his own code. I couldn't really hack it as a Yakuza, but even I have my own type of pride and I'm not going to kill you. Right. right. I'm not right. going to cross that line. With Awano, I would rather die than get along with someone like you. I decide whether I love or I hate something. You decide whether or not it's fun. Right. right. Philosophical combat. And this is a really common anime trope. And this is why so much of this type of stuff has these moments where like, why didn't I just fucking shoot him? Right. He had a <laughs> yeah, gun. Right. It's because you need to have the moment where the protagonist and the antagonist explain their points of view because it's hype. You have to know where Kiryu stands, even with Kuze, like Kuze ran him down with a motorcycle and hit him with a pipe. He could have shot him. Right. Right. Uh, He wanted to have that moment, the director in Kuze, where he gets to stand over him with that pipe and explain, I don't give a fuck about my finger. I don't give a fuck about the captain's position. I can't stand you and I'm going to beat you to fucking death right now. Right. Like I'm going to be the one that's left standing at the end. You need that moment, that hype. So that's that's why this stuff exists. So. Go ahead. It, it calls back to me um, and, and to make a relatable point. I think that this really like moments like the Kuze sewer fight. And like you said, like or like with Awano, like you have to have these two characters, you know, juxtaposed against each other talking about their motives. Yeah. This is this is Joker, right? Like, yeah, you think about that scene where where spoiler alert, where he shoots Marty at the end. Right. Like, you know. There's not a there is literally nothing in your mind as the viewer when he sits down in that chair that makes you think that things are going to go well. Right. Yeah. You just know something bad's going to happen and you probably know <laughs> what is actually going to happen. Right. Because it's not this like crazy. He doesn't turn into a fucking dragon and bite his head off, you know. Yeah. But it's this thing of like, yeah, at that point, you already know, like what the scoop is with this guy, with Arthur. And, you know. In the moment you have Robert De Niro's character, this, this, this late night talk show, like sort of setting, setting the rules for that scene and saying like, you think this stuff is funny? I do Marty and I'm tired of pretending it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's that moment of like, 
even if you already know what these characters are, before this goes down, resetting the stakes just to check where everybody's at always, always pays off in a, a really, really spectacular way whenever it's something that's rooted in such a good anchored story, like yeah. in my opinion, like this is. Yeah, keep it uh, like keeping it within comic books, too. I mean, like like I said, it's not it's not even necessarily an anime thing, but right. like mo- even beyond like Joker and Murray, I'm thinking about Murray, um, not Marty. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, even uh, I'm thinking about the Watchmen and specifically the graphic novel. But I think the movie does it, too, where it parodies this exact idea. But I think it does this knowing the value of it, where um they they parody the the villain speech at the end the comic book villain speech they the all the uh the watchmen show up and say uh Ozymandias we're going to stop you where we won't let you go through with this and he's given this big eloquent speech about why he's doing it and the the nature of man and whatever and he says what do you mean stop me i already did it half an hour ago or whatever right yeah right. and it's a parody but he still gives that speech right Right. It's right. still important that he gives that speech. Yeah. Because, you know, exactly where he stands. But then it gives you the the kind of the snap of, well, I already did it 30 minutes ago. You thought you were going to stop me. This isn't right. a comic book. Fuck you. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, I think that moments like that really get serviced a lot just, you know, by having having those moments. And, you know, to your point of about hype you know, hype, however it's possible to achieve this hype, we are going to do the thing to get it to the level that we want it to be at. You know, I don't think you can really achieve that as successfully as it, as it pays off here in moments like the sewer motorcycle fight, you know, unless you sort of set those boundaries for the scene. Yeah. And I, I think this game will prepare you to, you haven't seen all of it, but it has a lot of these tropes too, where really what I wanted to show you was, Good examples and the reason to stick with things that have basically tropes that can sometimes be unforgivable. Power of friendship. We win because we're friends. Don't think about it. Right. On the paper sounds pretty stupid, but it can be done well. It can be done in a way that feels really satisfying. The shonen protagonist just punches his way to victory again can can be unforgivable, but can be done very well. The villain gives his speech and the protagonist wins like all these types of things. Right. So you'll encounter as I start to talk about some of these other things, I wanted to give you this baseline of uh, I'm just going to really briefly talk about one piece. So there's a moment where uh, maybe I shouldn't even do one piece. Let me think about this for a second. (laughs) What is it about one piece that makes you nervous? No, it's, it's not even that it makes me nervous. I'm trying to think of a great example of this. So you know what? We'll do it with Dragon Ball Z, right? There is a moment in the Cell Saga where this is one of my my number one things I try to explain to people when they like nostalgically, I understand they're like, oh, well, like Dragon Ball Z was so good from start to finish. Like, eh, mm. after Frieza kind of mm. yeah. t- trickles a little bit, right? So in the Cell Saga, do you remember why Gohan achieves Super Saiyan 2? Do I ever? Yeah, because I think we've talked about it, too. No, oh, yes. It's because <laughs> Cell crushes Android 16's head. Not because it, he killed his dad. <laughs> no, not because of, not because of anything he's done, because he crushes Android 16's head. 
Gohan has never met Android 16, or if he did very briefly, they were not friends. Right. So, in fact, they were enemies for, for an extended period of time. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's this thing of I needed to get him mad. So I had cell step on Android 16's head. Right. Right. And you can watch and you can say, well, that's fucking stupid. Just like I do. Right. I, I think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't what was important is that he has that primal scream and the yellow effect comes out and right. the blue lightning sparks. And now he's big fucking mad and he's going to kick the shit out of this guy that up until five seconds ago was deleting everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the point. This is the point here in Yakuza. Right. Right. So, yeah, I I, I really loved. um you know, everything like all of the things that I saw related to the story are just so good. And, you know, these moments where we encounter the lieutenants and sort of like these like, you know, picture framed anime moments um, that we're really trying to highlight and target here in our conversation. Um, they pay off really, really well. Um, and even even especially because like. Like I know the Kuze fight is a couple chapters ahead of um you know where the start of the game is but it's decidedly not the end yeah and um you don't need a whole lot of context to understand what's happening in that moment because they like you said they sort of go over it again they set the terms but um it pays off it's really great um it's it's what's it's what's really going to keep me thinking about the game is is the story well i'm glad because that was kind of the linchpin of the whole thing like i said i didn't have high hopes for uh the combat but yeah i think to kind of wrap this up right there's there's really two questions yeah first of all business as usual have i showed you on yaka so let's talk about that and then secondly because we're we're going to continue this grand arc of Let's get Chris into anime. Were you picking up what I was putting down? Can you see yourself liking some things, maybe from like context in the past, seeing how this might be a stepping stone to this stuff? So let's start before we get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Chris, what did you think of Yakuza Zero? I, I said it before. I'll say it again. It's fucking awesome. Um, it's it's great. Uh, I think that the thing that's going to be hard for me to. And, and what I'm curious to see, like how how this unfolds for me personally, is that um, because it is so so like dialogue and cutscene heavy in a lot of cases, like even some of the side or, so the side stuff that you can do, like one of the things that we did in in the later part of the game for that save was we went and you let me try out the pocket circuit, the, yeah. the little the little racer shit. And there's like a, a sub story in there where you can go and talk to this kid about like, you know, oh, I don't think my friends really like. It. And he's like, oh, no, I think your friends will will like love the way that you race or whatever. And it's this sub story of like, but it's like. There are so many fucking lines to even something yeah. like that. That's like, oh, my God, dude, like Jesus Christ. But every time I have thought that the end result has been like, all right, that was worth seeing it through to the end, right? Yeah. And granted, I have not seen more than just a couple of them because we haven't played that big of a, a piece of it. But that might be the only thing 
that uh, is a struggle for me. However, um, I am 1000% going to go back and play the game. I have to see how the story ends. I have to see how the story ends. I've got to see it. It just like you've definitely shilled me on it. It, it just, it oozes style. It oozes a specific style that I love. Yeah. And, um, like it's in this like eighties motif of like, you know, like bubble economy, like we talked about where it's just like, yeah. ah, you know, it really feels, this is a game that I, I feel really transports me, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and because of that, I, I, I am going to be coming back for more. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Don't raise your expectations too high on the story is all I'll say. No, but, I just I, I I really I really like the lieutenant characters a lot yeah. for the reasons that we've that we've discussed here today. So I'm not going to belie this, but um, I'm I like I think I'm weird with how I how I get into shit and like how how like what what attracts me to things like, um, you know, Supernatural's got to be one of like the objectively worst television shows ever fucking made. But yeah. I love it because I love the character of Crowley. And there's a very specific thing that I love about this character that really keeps me coming back for more. Right. Um, and so, like, this is similar for me. I get a similar feeling out of this where it's just like, I think the character of Awano is so fucking interesting that I yeah. just I have got I, like I just I think about him nonstop. I've got to go see what happens with him because he's so cool. <laughs> You'll you get know? some cool. Mo- you'll get some cool moments with Alano. Probably not in the way you expect, too. But oh, good. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some cool shit with him in there. But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of all you can hope for. Really, the Akasa games in general, and especially if you explore more. Like we were teetering on this one or seven, because I think seven yeah. is still a really good starting point for people too. But you're you're gonna a lot of the times fall back on what's really pushing me forward here is the story. Yeah, right, like wanting to see how this all ends, because even if it's not like Shakespeare, the hooks are really cool and they usually have good enough payoff. Right. Where it's like, I do want to know what's going to happen. Who did kill the guy in the vacant lot? <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and, and it does, um, you know, it, it adds the story adds a lot of layers. Right. Like or especially early on that. I think on paper would probably seem like they are a little bit more overwhelming than they actually are. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the second chapter, you get introduced to the real estate guy's name that we, we watched like a, uh, yeah. a cutscene, whatever his name Tachibana. is. Like, yeah. Tachibana. Thank you. So Tachibana, he's missing his right hand. He's yeah. this like, you know, this ultra, like kind of shady, kind of like cool looking dude. You're not really he looks sure. Like he's a super villain. Yeah. 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 Like he's got, he's got a really weird angle and an offer for carry yeah. you. And it's like, there's already villains to focus on. And now you're putting this like ambiguous character in front of me. And like, I think on paper, it probably seems like it would be a lot, but I think that it works really well. Right. Yeah. Like I think that a lot of these things that happen early on really work well to um, drive the main story forward of like, I really want to see what happens with Kiryu. And like you said, who killed the guy in the lot? But there's also this thing of like, ooh, what the fuck is going on with this Tachibana guy? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? This, it's cool. This game in particular does the Tangled Web pretty well. Tangled there's, Web. It's there's, the perfect way to put it. Yeah. There's there's a lot of times you're going to get. So you'll, you'll have questions like. Sure. Yeah. 
one that you'll encounter very soon is who owns the vacant lot. Right. Right. Because that's who they're yeah. trying to find. Yeah. You'll get an answer to that. But then you'll get three more questions. Right. And then you'll get an answer to those questions. But not only do you get more questions, it changes how you think about the original answer. So you'll learn things about just say, for example, Tachibana, right? Obviously, you learn more about a character in the story. Yeah. And you'll learn something about Tachibana after you've learned something else about another character. And you'll be left hanging for several chapters. We'll be like, wait, no, you no. can't just reveal <laughs> that and then go move on. No, yeah. like <laughs> explain right. this right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Well, maybe. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do maybe we'll have to do a a, a, a postmortem then, because yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you, like, I am not opposed to coming back to this after I finish the entire game and talking about it again as maybe like an epilogue or a part or a part part two yeah. to this yak is a thing or like, you know, a supplemental or whatever a debriefing, a debriefing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we've already talked about television shows on this show. We will talk about films at length. I'm sure, you know, the main driving force between why we enjoy doing this and especially why we enjoy doing it together is because at the end of the day, what we love more than anything else is a well-told story. Yeah. And you know, you can make it about whatever you want to make it about. You can have it have all the twists and turns that you want it to have. But if it's not told well and you don't respect the people watching it or consuming it, it, it it's it's not going to it's not going to pay off nicely. Right. And you right. and I are neither in the business of like we, we we tend to not sort of make excuses like that for ourselves. Right. And I think it's because we're just probably way too overly critical that we have any right to be. Oh, yeah. But. At the same time, like this is this is the sort of thing that we have that 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 really like binds us together for the show is we love a really well told story. And so far, about one point one five chapters into Yakuza and seeing a little bit of chapter six has me really excited to see the rest of this story. So I'm definitely not opposed to coming back to this eventually. I think we should, because this is definitely one, too, that I think is. It's more than even a springboard for anime. It's a springboard for a lot of stuff we can talk about, because, again, I don't want to inflate or deflate you prematurely. But like there are parts of this story that are going to hit and there are yeah. parts of this story where you're going to be scratching your head and be like, huh? Right. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? And I think this will be something great for us to share a shared experience where we can always call back and be like, yeah, you remember that time in Yakuza where that didn't pan out or whatever? This kind of yeah. reminds me of that. Or yeah. Hey, yeah. remember when that hit? You know yeah. I mean? so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think I think this is, you know, probably our first example of the show where, where we're taking taking something that was part of a show and like sort of saying like we, we would really like to come back to this, yeah. um, especially because like, you know, hopefully. um you know, hopefully we've inspired somebody else to pick it up that might have been looking at it from afar. So um, that's that's another cool aspect to it, too, is like I'm brand new to this. So, you know, like these are these yeah. are truly like fresh, really fresh thoughts. So if you're liking what you hear, pick the game up. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I believe well, it's I on mean, Game Pass, too. So, I th yeah, I think they're all. Well, I don't know about all, but I think a lot of, a lot them are of on them Game are. Pass. Yeah, but it, it's this thing, too, of uh, I mean, I, I told you this. Um, I, I 
did not start reading One Piece. One Piece, by the way, is a it's a manga. It's a Japanese comic. It is over a thousand chapters. There is more printed material for it than can fit on a single bookshelf. There are 94 collected volumes of it or something at this point. And that's that's not even that's not even up to the thousand chapters. The volumes are behind in America. Jesus. I didn't start reading that until uh, quarantine until COVID. Right. And oh, wow. It just kind of unlocked a gear in my head of, man, I, I if I can read this shit, I can do anything. Right. Like there's right. No, there's nothing to stop me to get into whatever. So right. we're hoping that you guys out there will take that same initiative of this sounds cool. Just check it out, especially if it's free. Worst case scenario, you play something for a half an hour or an hour or something. It doesn't hit. No big loss, especially because there's a lot of really interesting stuff to sort of dig through. Um, and in a more like focused format, right? Like I would love to take the next 35 minutes and wax poetically about, you know, the design of Awano and like why I love him as much as I do. And like reference other characters that remind me of him and like, you know, draw these, draw these you know, correlations and whatever. I love doing that type of shit, but you know, we've talked about Yakuza a lot here. So I want to do that on a different episode, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I am definitely, Picking up what you're putting down here. I think that this was a really, really good first crack at the, at the yeah. anime genre. Cause it's, it really is showing me a lot of like, you know, like you said before, it's, it's all about, I like, these are the, th these are the things that sort of drive why you like things. And you can find that in some of this stuff that is tangentially like part of the anime sphere. Right. Yeah. And it's the thing of like, if I if I wanted to get someone into persona or like it doesn't even have to be like necessarily anime, but just these adjacent things like you can't just drop it in front of everybody. Right. Some people will just take to the stuff, but some won't. And I, I've told you about persona, the game specifically. I, I didn't think you would like as much dialogue as there is between the kids. But if you contextualize it as this is just you hanging out with the buds, just like you were hanging out with Nishki, right? Right. If you can contextualize it that way, then you might not be as repelled by it. Oh, okay. I, I, now I'm thinking about it differently. It's not just dialogue. It's me and the buds. It's me building up for. So when we go do the action thing, I care about my buds, just like I care about Nishki, right? right. It's these types of thoughts. Yeah, I think you have to get spinning, but I'm glad you're picking it up. Yeah, no, um, I'm like I said, I'm super motivated to finish it out. I'm excited to finish the rest of the game and sort of move on from there because I know that this is a multi-part anime <laughs> anime yeah. shill and this is just like a, a sub chapter of it. But so it's got me really excited to see, you know, what you got coming up uh, here for the rest of that. Um, but, you know, mostly it's like. God, I just I think about like. I think about the atmosphere of Camarocho a lot. Like I'm thinking about it yeah. right now and it's just, it's just good. Like it, it feels good. It feels cool. It's a, it's a good little package, man. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked at all about Majima and Soten Bori, the other half of the game. So you Ugh. have all of that to explore too. Yeah. Majima is my favorite. I think all Majima's right. everyone's favorite. Well, I think we'll probably, I think we'll probably have, have, have a little powwow about that sooner yeah. rather than later there, chief. Uh -huh. So, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, this, this was great. I loved it. I'm glad. Well, Yakuza Zero 
is in the books and on record. Old Chris is going to be taking a taking a little trip ski back to Camarocho for a little bit. So old Nihon. Yeah. Once my uh, once my vacation is over, um, I will be sure to check in and we will talk all about my time here with that game. Yeah. But uh, but we you know what? No, let's save that for a future episode. I don't know. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to know what you got coming up next. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to keep it in my hat for now. I, oh, right. I have a couple ideas in there. I've, I've settled on one or two, and I think I think you're going to like either one. That's why it's been so hard to decide. Sick. Well, I can't wait. Well, this has been King of the Shill. Don't forget to check us out at our socials at the many folds on every platform that you can probably think of. And www.themanyfolds.com where you can find all of the episodes of King of the Shill as well as all the old episodes and maybe some curated collections that we have yet to put together. Maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll put all this anime chill into one little collection. It's easy yeah, to that'd find. Be nice. Yeah. yeah. All right guys. Thanks Scott. Thanks Chris. See you next time. See ya. King of the Shill.